But I just felt that I needed to, to get back, you know, just like doctors do, right, Dr. Garza? Every once in a while, you got to go back and, you know, get a refresher. But I said, I want my certificate from my family, Word of Faith family, amen? So I thank God so much for JSMI. And um, so we took it, and we somehow I finished it. Glory to God. <laughs> Barely, but I made it. But um, it's good. Uh, it, was, it was really good. It was really good. A lot of the things that, you know, the Brother Hagen books, of course, Brother Jerry's classic books that, that you know, did those things for us back when we first got saved, when we first heard the Word of Faith, just absolutely revolutionized our thinking. And it was just so refreshing, Joe and Eric, just to have that come back, right? You know, to, so, it was, so thank you so much. So we're really excited, and thank you all that came in the family and, and support, because it was, it was really, um, it was not just, it wasn't that it was difficult, but what happened, we did it right through the middle of COVID, and that just shook the whole thing up. I mean, the whole program was designed to be in-house, and we started it fine. And then, of course, I'm not going to spend time on the shutdowns, but so, you know, JSMI was willing to work with us under the circumstances because we did it in a whole different way, which is basically, you know, homeschooled it. And, and it's, you know, as most of you know, that had to deal with kids in homeschool, it's not the easiest scenario. It's always way better to have the classroom setting. So, again, congratulations, all that made it. God bless you, and by the way, Lee and Tressie, it's so good to see you guys. Let's give them a hand clap. They're, they're Faithway family. They, um, because of job and everything, they, they moved up north, like Corpus. <laughs> but no, it's so good to see you guys, but they're still family. You know, one thing I like about Faithway is, is the more that we, we look at it, it really is a family, you know. We, 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 we move as family, we move as an organization, of course, but there's that family and when one's down or one's out, you know, the, the family steps in. And, and, for example, you know, of course, Kathy being praise and worship leader. And, not even, and then the guys, just, they just step right into it. And I'm so proud of them. Amen? So we're going to do things a little bit different this morning. You know, most, most mornings, um, most Sunday mornings, we take up offering at the back end you know, as we close the service. But what we're going to do is once we turn it to, to Brother Joe McCroskey, he's going to, it's his service and... He can do wherever he wants to and take it to wherever he wants to. And at the end of the service, of course, will be the, the graduation and all that. So I want you, I want to give just basically, you know, I basically titled this little snippet, Giving One, Two, Three. Everybody say one, two, three. All right. So I want to give you three quick reasons. And if you're new to the church, this should help you. If you're older to the church, this should be a reminder. And by the way, I want to give a shout out to our online audience. And I forgot because this is not normally what I do, but um, we've got to release the children, right? Release the Kraken. No, just release the children. <laughs> Super kids. Angie's over there like, come on, Pastor. We're waiting. So let's give them a hand clap as our Super kids go to their classes. They'll be back right before the end. They're going to come back and join us for the graduation. Actually, the kids are, so we're excited about that. They even got their own little reserve seats in the back, so when they come back. So, so let, let me give you these um, quick reasons. And, you know, you, you hear a lot about giving and so forth, but I want to give you, you know, there, I'm sure there's many, many more, but I... I want to just keep it simple this morning. So reason number one, and I want to base this on a scripture that most of you know by heart. Basically, it's John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world, come on, quote it with me, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So reason number one, you know, giving makes me more like God. The nature of God is to give. The nature of God is to bless and to grow. And one of the things that 
you know, the other nature is not to give. The Adamic or, you know, demonic or whatever you want to call it, nature is, you know, hoard, heap, put away. But God wasn't like that. And not only, you know, God, I'm sure in his infinite wisdom could have done the, the redemption plan any way he wanted to, but he chose his best. He decided to become one of us, and Jesus was born into this earth. So God t- taught us the very first reason was to be like God. So reason number one, God, you know, giving makes me more like God. You know, God is a giver. He gave us life. He gave us the world to enjoy. He even gave us his only son that we might have a relationship with him. And reason number two that I have found, and again, these are personal reasons, you know, but I mean, hopefully it, it helps you build a foundation to be, to move in that spirit of generosity that makes such a difference. And by the way, I'll plug it in right now. You know, I'm so proud of this church because even though we're, you know, we're a small church, we, had a, we got a big footprint, you know, and if you could just hear the testimonies coming back from Cuba, because of your generosity, because of your giving, people are getting fed every week. 63 families have a meal, you know, a, not a meal, a little package of stuff that we've been able to provide for them in a situation where Cuba's under really, 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 really difficult circumstances. So God bless you for that. Reason number two, you know, giving draws me closer to God. And I want to use that Matthew 6.21 as just a, a reference to that. Jesus speaking says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, very simple statement, but, you know, what's going on on the inside is going to manifest on the outside. And, it, you know, it could be good or bad. So where I put my money, my time, my effort, my thinking, my life, that really is where my heart is, right? You know, the things that I invest, my time, my effort, my energy really tells not only myself, it also speaks to God as an indicator of where we are. Because it's really easy to talk the talk, but it's a lot more hard to walk the walk. And when we talk about the Christian experience, when we talk about the Christian life, well, the Christian life is wrapped up in us believing God that we can make a difference. How many can say amen? You know, I believe it was Steve Jobs that said, if you're crazy enough to think you will change the world, you will change the world. And that's how I feel about this church. You know, we, we go on some things that are way beyond anything, but that's the way this whole thing has been, you know. Came down one year, and first year I went to Cuba, came down and told HH, I said, we need to get a, pronounce it for me, that thing, electrocarteri machine. I didn't know what it costs. I didn't know where you buy them. I don't know if you got them at the dollar store. Well, you know, I don't know. But God just told me, you got to put one of those in Cuba. I don't know if it costs $100 or $10,000, but the Lord spoke. And we were able to put that in a hospital in Cuba, and lives were saved because of it. And that's what I'm talking about, you know, the, the, when, when, when the heart of God is there. You understand, not only do we want to be like God, but we also want to have the heart of God. And where I put my money, I read that, but I want to be more like God, and I also want to be closer to God. When I give out of a heart of love and compassion, I find also that I'm next to God's heart. So that would be reason number two. You know, one, obviously we want to be like God, but number two, not only want to be like God, we want to add action to that, you know, that we are becoming similar, we're trying to operate in it. And the final one, I like this one, number three, this is really one of them that has helped me a lot throughout the years, giving strengthens my faith. You know, we understand faith comes by hearing. But, you know, James said very clearly, he said, your faith without actions is pretty much dead. You know, we can have all the hearing and all the word in us, but you know one of the things that faith does? Faith moves you to action, like the example I said. So then 
using Cuba as a continued example, fast forward a few years and I come home from another trip and God told us to buy a farm in Cuba. You know, upwards $35,000, we didn't have any money. <laughs> and, um, you know, Pastor Dan was with us down that trip and I remember Pastor Dan made a phenomenal statement. He said, you know, if we don't have enough faith to believe for this, then we are frauds. He told that to Pastor Yoel and the, and, and, the, and the guy that was the, the guy that was selling that wasn't a Christian. But, you know, you realize that. You say, you know. So I got home that afternoon, you know, said hello to my wife, kissed her, and I said, honey, is it how to go in Cuba? And I said, it went well. And I, I, I'm glad I'm married to a word of, word of faith-filled woman because I told her, Eric, I said, um, so what happened in Cuba? I said, well, God just told us to buy a farm. It's going to cost us $35,000. And she, just, she, didn't, she didn't get faith. She says, well, if God told you to do it, it's going to happen. Glory to God. <laughs> you know? So you trust in the Lord, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 9. I'm just, you know, 5 and 9, not 5 through 9. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. And that's what, where we were, you know, the, the, the faith to believe God for these crazy things. I mean, we could just keep rewinding the button, believing God for a debt-free church, you know, glory to God. You know, all these things did not just happen because we had a good idea. It's because we've been making a deposit of faith, but that deposit of faith has been connected to an act of sowing. So now your seed and your faith are working together. You know, every farmer on the planet has a lot of faith. You know, a farmer that would go out there and say, well, I'm going to plant seeds this year, but I guess it's not going to work because hopefully, you know, that's not, that wouldn't be a very successful farmer. You know, they go and they have a belief that the seed knows what to do and that the rain's going to come and the soil knows what to do and everything's going to be fine. And, and that's exactly what this does. When you, when you operate in faith and you bring your giving into the word that you're hearing, faith comes by hearing, but then you have the faith action. And that's what the Proverbs really says. So you trust in the Lord. And, you know, a lot of things that we do, well, not all the things, I think most of the things that we do as a church really don't make sense to the natural people. Let me help you. They don't even make sense to us sometimes, right? Because just God says, do, and, you know, we do. You know, we don't really, he doesn't really tell us it's the rest of the plan. But that, that attitude of a giver, that attitude of a sower, at every level, and again, this is, this, what I'm saying this morning, of course, not to pump up an offering. You know, that's not what it's about. It's about you understand that every seed that you sow, wherever it is, it can be a seed of, of you know, gratitude to somebody, or, you know, you buy somebody lunch. Everything becomes a seed in your life. But it is fueled by generosity that has its foundation on faith. Are you still with me this morning? And that foundation is so powerful because, you know, I'm, there's a lot of generous people on the world. There's a lot of generous people that aren't believers, you know. Um, you would all call it humanism or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But when you bring the faith with the action that lines up to God's heart, there is no way, listen to this statement, I'm going to emphasize the same, there is no way you cannot prosper. There, I mean, you just, you, it just works, because these are spiritual laws. It works for a little tiny kid, if he's three, four years old, and he's kind of grabbed the concept, it works for anybody. Because that seed knows what to do, but what is fueling the seed is your faith in God, and that's why you say, I trust God. So when God gives you an idea to do something, you know, the, <laughs> the last thing you want to say is, how am I going to do it? You know, you guys know the story as we built this. We were in that little building, and then we decided to build the sanctuary, and we prayed. I knew the, first, the only thing God told us was pray. He said, pray three weeks, you know, three times a week. We had prayer meetings in the morning. We prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And then one day, he said, the Lord told me, he said, it's time to build. And I, and I went to the Lord, and I said, I have $20. I did. That was all I had, 20 bucks. 
And, but I, I didn't stop there. So I had like a little conversation with the Lord. I said, so what can she do? I said, well, I know. I'm in the construction business. I get it. I went down to the hardware store, bought some steaks, not, not the meat kind, the wood kind. You see, I'll know. I know. And drove a stake in that corner, drove a stake in that other corner, drove another stake. I got my string lines and squared it all up and measured and made make sure everything was nice and square. Stuck my shovel down, Brother Joe. I said, Lord, there it is. That was November. What year was that, age? 2000? Probably, or 1999? Somewhere in there. It's been a while. Anyway, I think it was 99, right? So we grow those steaks with really no money, Brother Joey. I mean, you guys know how this works. You've been doing it the whole life. By June of the next year, we were in this brand new building, completely debt-free. Glory be to God. So that is what I'm talking about. Yeah, give the Lord praise. Amen? And that is the principle I'm on. You know, I'm bringing you the, the last point is you give, giving strengthens my faith. You know, you don't just give haphazardly, you, 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 you're sowing knowing that there's no way that seed does not come back. Now, you're not sowing for that reason, but you're knowing that that's the process. Because God has called everyone us to be a blessing. And you can't be a blessing if you're broke. I don't know how else to say it softly. You know, you want to, you know, blessing is to, you know, increase the prosperity of another person. And on that one, I just want to give another, you know, another, another scripture. So let, let me just read my little note I put here. It says, nothing strengthens my faith more than giving. When I don't understand how in the world I can possibly do so, giving the way God gives and the way he wants us to give goes beyond our budgeting. It requires faith. The more I give, the stronger my faith will become. This is because I discover that I cannot outgive God. The more I give, the more he provides me the ability to give. Isn't that cool? And on that one, I just want to lose, you know, Luke 6:38 and IV reads, give and it shall be given unto you, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Well, giving our money and material possessions is the only place in the Bible where God literally said, I dare you to do it. Malachi chapter 3 said, come on, do you want to check this one out? Test me on this one, right? So, you know, in Mark's, Mark's translation, you can say it this way, give with a cup and you will be measured back a cup. Kind of a loose translation, but give with a dump truck, you will be measured back with a dump truck, right? God gave you the ability. And of course, you know, when my wife and I started, we were so broke we couldn't even pay attention. So we were giving to our ability. And it was usually dollars. And I mean, if we gave $20, that was huge. But you know what? God never left you there. You just keep moving your little forward, moving your little forward, moving your little forward. We're literally over the last almost, you know, 28 years of ministry, literally, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars have been sown into communities and to other nations and to Cuba, Navajo Nation, Mexico, so forth and so on, and of course, our community. So this morning, I want to encourage you to understand the kind of God we serve. I mean, the, the presence of God in praise and worship was so tangible. You know, I was all getting all teary-eyed. I'm like, I don't want to get all emotional because I can't talk. But um, this is a good environment to sow. And we want to honor JSMI. You know, JSMI is not just, just the Bible Institute, it's Jerry Seville Ministries and and Brother Jerry, what can I say, his, his words for years and years and years just really helped me, helped me renew my mind. Because I came with so much religion and so much negativity and so much everything that, you know, going to those conferences, my wife remembers the first one we ever went to in 1993 to Southwest Believers Convention, hanging from the rafters and, you know, in the freezer section, I call you, because that convention center can get so cold, right? <laughs> But, you know, we just believe God and believe God and believe God. And, believe. and over the years, God has been so gracious and so faithful. So I encourage you this morning, if you only brought one offering, 
I want you to sew it to JSMI. If you're doing it online, I, I, we don't have a JSMI tag, but if you're doing online giving, just click on the speaker tab, and we're going to direct that offering. You know, and of course, if you brought your tithe, well, your tithe runs. We're picking up, you know, this church is mature enough. We, we don't need to pick up 15 offerings. We pick up one offering because you get it. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I think you get it. Just say one, two, three, so they don't forget the message. Amen? So you have an envelope next to you. You can use the envelope, and at the end of the service, we're still, um, we're almost done with the social distancing, but we're still practicing, you know, at the end of the service, you can deposit in at the end. And, of course, online. And, and our online church, you guys, please participate. The last thing I want to say before I turn this over to, to Brother Joe is tonight, please come back. I know it's different. We know years and years ago, we always would do Sunday night service, you know, culture changes. But this is a special service, and we're believing. I think this service is really priming the pump for what's going to happen tonight. You know, his presence is so, so sweet this morning. It is. So we're going to have a Holy Ghost night, and, and we're believing for miracles. And if you need a miracle, or if you need know somebody that needs a move of God, you get them in this building tonight. You know, Pastor Eric's going to be ministering. Of course, Brother Joe's going to be ministering. But um, you come with that expectation, you know. I know, some, well, a Sunday night I have plans. Yeah, this, we, this is not a normal thing we do, so you don't want to miss it. You don't want to be that guy that says, oh, you should have been Sunday night there. Yeah. <laughs> You don't want to be that person that hears that, right? So invite people. Maybe there's people in your family that, that desperately need a move of God. You know, bring the unsaved. Bring the lost. That's who the church is for. The church is not for Christians. Thank God Christians are in church this morning. But Jesus gave this for the sick. So I, I really believe that tonight's going to be powerful. And I can't stress enough. Schedule it in. We'll start promptly at 6 p.m. But I, I think it will be life-changing for many of you. Amen? So said that, um, you know, if you guys, there's instructions to give online. And if you would just do one last act of honor with me, would you all stand as we receive um, Brother Joe McCroskey to this platform? And Brother Joe, it's all yours. Thanks, Calvin. Thank you so much. Love you, man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated. You know, Calvin has it spiritual. We've never had the money to do nothing at JSMI we did. I'm talking nothing. Now, you might go up and look at our facility and say, how did you get this all done? Faith. We had no money to do any of it to start off with. It comes out with a vision. When your pastor was spoken to by God, it becomes a vision. Then the vision, you run with it. It don't mean you have to have a dime in your pocket to be the richest person in your city after a while of life of faith. Amen? I remember, I'm like, Kelvin, we used to go to those meetings, and you know, I, I remember hearing about a hundredfold return. I thought, that can't be real, you know? And you know, I, now, this has been a long time back. You know, I've been in the Word of Faith a long time, so I believe this, but back then, kind of a challenge. And it was during the hippie movement, you know, and right next to me was the biggest hippie with the biggest long hair, he had on the bell bottoms, no shoes on, you know. And I had an attitude because I had been in law enforcement for a while and banker for a while and somebody didn't work, you know. I kind of had an attitude about it. And so I'm looking at this guy sitting next to me thinking, oh my gosh, you know. But when he started praising the Lord, he did a better job than I did. And I'm looking there and then the guy next to him said, Anybody that gives something today, God's going to do a hundredfold return. Now, that was a prophetic pastor. And when he said that, I thought, well, I'm going to try it. But you know, trying's not the way to do it. Just make a choice, I'm going to do it. 
But I did. Now, I didn't put in as much as I could. There's where I didn't listen, okay? Because, hey, if you're going to get that hundred fold, put in as much as you got to get that hundred fold. But I put in $5. And the next day, I got 500 And I said, you know what? I think there is something to this. I, ne- I didn't have to get this out of me because it was never in me. In other words, I didn't have the religion. I didn't have anything really positive, but... I learned that when God said something, it's going to work. You know, all you took in the course was word of faith. Everything, some of it was not new to you and some of it was new. But not all of it was new. But you know what it was? It was all word of faith. And it would all produce. So what I'm going to talk to you about today and the congregation, because how many know I'm not just talking to the class even though I'm pretty well going to be talking to them because they're graduates. But I'm talking about anybody in this building, and you can share it with somebody outside this building, and it'll work. So I'm going to be talking about some of the things I've seen. I've been with Brother Jerry 40 years. I've traveled all over the world with him. I've seen people that received the Word and put it into action, and it worked. I've seen people that received the same Word did not it put it into action, and it will not work for them. It's a choice. Just like you. You chose to take the school. You chose to complete the school. And you know, we have a lot of people think when we give, they hear about our school, it's going to be just something they can get through and no work at all. I said, oh, not so. You will earn your certificate. And so... Uh, What I want to share with you today is about the fact of what do you do with it once you've learned it? And we've all had to do it. Nobody's exempt from it. Nobody. Amen? You know, I have never been in a hospital in my life. Never. Okay? I guess when I was born, you know, back in the old days when I was born, I was out of the hospital. But then from then on, I never had to go to the hospital. I remember one time I had what Miss Kathy had. Never want to have that again. She'll never have it again, and I'll never have it again. And I went in. Now, mine was an outpatient, okay? I never had nothing hurt as bad in my life. And my wife got up, and she said, well, what's the matter, John? I said, let's go ER. She said, you must be bad. You know, I mean, she had seen me with maybe a head cold or, you know, a headache or maybe something like that. But she said, so I went, you know. But I had never been in the doctor's office, hospitals or anything. And I'm full of faith. How many knows I got? I'm full of faith. Come on, stay with me. I said we're not exempt, but we are protected. We're not exempt, but we are protected. We're not exempt, but we have a covenant. So I got COVID. I didn't know I had COVID. I just thought I had a head cold like I've beat I don't know how many times before, okay? And so I started doing the same thing, and it kept getting worse and worse. And I probably let it go about a week, maybe too long, okay? And so I called my doctor, and I said, I can't kick this for some reason. Now, how many know God's still protecting me all the way? I'm just seeking a little, I need some physical help now. And my doctor said, uh, I want you to stick your finger in that little breathing deal and tell me how much oxygen you have. 
And I told him, he said, go to ER right now. I went to ER, they put me in a little cubicle. Now stay with me, what am I saying? We all are going through the world, but we have a covenant with a covenant-speaking God. Amen? And a covet action God. He's not just up there and He says, I'm up here, but I'm not here for anything. He's here to help you through whatever you're going through. That's anybody in this building and outside this building. So I went in and make it light, real short. Okay, I went in. I was really feeling rough. I couldn't breathe. Had the double pneumonia. Didn't know that at first. And they took me and they put me in a wheelchair. I hadn't been in a wheelchair where they roll you up to where you're going to your room because they couldn't get my oxygen level up. So they said, you got to go to the room. So I went on to the room. When that door opened into that third floor, I could feel the spirit of death so strong. And when they pushed me out, the Lord says, aren't you glad you know my covenant? What's his covenant? Life. Amen. And I mean, I could feel the spirit of death on that third floor. I didn't know what it was. I, I knew it was the spirit of death because I, I experienced that before. But I didn't know why it was on that third floor, but that's where all the patients that were real bad and most of them dying, that's where they put them. So they put me in my room. And then I started doing exactly what we did today. That praise and worship built an atmosphere in here. Amen. How many know it don't matter if you're in a doctor's room? It don't matter if you're in a hospital. It don't matter where. You have the right to build an atmosphere. And the devil cannot come into that atmosphere. Because you're not going to allow him to. Because you have a covenant with a God that's give you full authority. So I set the preference as soon as I got in my room. My doctor came in. I said, I'll ask you one question. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Because if you don't know, you will not lay one hand on me. I don't care if they're the best doctor in the hospital. I want a God-fearing doctor. And she said, I am and have been for many years. I said, then you do the doc pills, I'll do the gospels, and we'll beat this thing. <laughs> Amen. All right? I have no symptoms. I have no percussions from it. I'm talking the first day, the rest of the day and the night, I thought I was dying. But even if I had of, I knew where I was going. Amen? But here's what I did. What was the one song? And this, I didn't, this wasn't in my starting, okay? The reason I put this up here is, we sang a song up there that says, Your breath will be in my lungs. Amen. Soon as I laid my head down on that bed, it was dark in that building, it was dark in that floor, there was death all through there. What did I do? I started filling my mind and my heart with what God says, not what they say about COVID, not what they say it'll do, not what they say it. And it is real. It is real. Don't let nobody tell you it's not. But you got to know that what you got's real. And so students, everything you've been, whether it was new or not new, it's been deposited for a certain time. I've been in it 40 years with Brother Jerry, but the time I needed the most is when I went in that hospital room. Me and Brother Jerry's never hardly been sick in our lives. I think he had the heart type deal. 
I told Kelvin, I said, Pastor Kelvin, I've always taught on healing second person. I never was able to use it first person, me. I can use it first person now, and I don't want to use it like that anymore. Amen? So I'll use second person. What I'm saying, though, it works. I put the Word in me. When the, Every time my nurses would come in, they would say there's something in this room that's different than any of this other third floor. And I said, yeah, it's an atmosphere being built of the presence of God. And they knew it. I didn't have any nurses, no doctors. I only had one foreign man from another country come in that was not born again. And I said, there's the door. <laughs> How many know you are bold when it comes to your life? Amen? I didn't want to hear what he had to say. I'll take my doctors that know God and know His covenant and together, and I beat it in five days. Okay? My nurses come in on the fourth day. They said, Joe, you're going to the fifth floor. Have you ever been in a hotel room and something didn't work right and you'd already hung up all your clothes and got everything out like you wanted it and then it didn't work right and they wanted to move you to another room? Oh, no! You know, well, that's what kind of what I said. And they said, oh, no, no. You want to move to this floor. Because <laughs> I'm coming off the floor of death into the fifth floor, which are nicer, nicer motel, motel. I called it a motel room now because I got, I got elevated up and I didn't need what they had. All I'm doing is waiting on get out now. And five days I beat it. Amen. My nurses come in. My doctors came in. And they said... We need this. We need more of this. And I said, you've got to let the ministers in the go into the hotels and the hospitals and everything. If you keep them out, how are the people going to hear except through you? They'd come in. They'd be totally dressed. When they left my room, they had to take everything they had on, the protective stuff, throw it in the trash. Then when they come in again, they had to put it all back on. What am I saying? God's Word works. Hardest times. i got to admit, that's probably one of the hardest times I ever went through. For the first day and a half. Day and a half. From there on, Brother Hagin, I'm here in his healing school. Every time Brother Hagin would say something about healing, I receive that. That's exactly what I'd do. First, the first afternoon and, and night when I was telling you about that, I couldn't hardly get up out of the bed, so I was just listening to my music. And the first song I was playing was one that I've had for years and years. The spirit of death, you're not welcome here. Sickness and disease, you're not welcome here. And I'm hearing every bit of that, and I'm saying, I receive it, I receive it, I receive it. That's about all I could do. Second day, though, when it started coming across by Brother Hagin, he'd say something, I'd say, I receive that into my body. I receive that into my body. Doctor comes in and says, I can see a change. And she said, boy, you do have an atmosphere in here. Every time they came in, I would have to shut off my machines that was preaching the gospel to me to go ahead and let them take their test and run the... I had no fever from the time I got in there after that. No fever. It quit. I started breathing right, and the breathing was the hardest. The, the pneumonia and the breathing was the two hardest things. I had no appetite. Lost 26 pounds. Amen. But, you know, <laughs> that turned out to be a blessing. Okay? I mean, you know, you know I, 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 didn't, I didn't look at that as a curse. That was a blessing. You know, in fact, some other people that actually got that and when I give a witness and they said, well, that didn't happen to us. You know, some of us want to lose some weight, you know. 
But that was the only thing. I had no appetite, you know. I had no strength at all. I mean, it robbed you of your strength, and that's like the devil. He tries to rob you of your hope and your strength. Amen. Okay, the song we sung a while ago, if you know anybody that's having trouble breathing, get them a copy of that song, get it on to them, sing it for them. His breath is in our lungs. Great is our God. That's what brought all this up for this morning. That was, you know, I told pastor, we want to be in praise and worship. During praise and worship is when I start fine-tuning. And every example I wrote down, talking about continuing in faith, continuing in the Word, okay? Every example I wrote down, I heard during praise and worship. Because that's when he's fine-tuned it for a group of people right here. Or what will go out of here, or where you'll go. You'll remember some of the illustrations you might not even remember my name all the time, but that's not important. It's what you remember that God's going to work with. Amen? So now I want to start out, okay? Was it okay taking a little rabbit trail? Brother Copeland taught me how to do that, so... Anybody know Brother Copeland knows, has been known to take a rabbit trail? Yeah, rabbit highway. Okay, John 8, 31 and 32. I'll base all of it off these scriptures, Okay. And when I read them, you'll see where I'm coming from once I start, all right? Now, this is for the whole congregation, not just for the class, but I'm ministering to the class because you have come through a whole year worth of nothing but word of faith. So you, so you definitely want to continue in every bit of it. What parts it is, God will show you because he's an individual God that leads us and guides us from the Holy Spirit, all right? So let's, let's go ahead and read John 8, 31 and 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. These were believers that, he was, that was talk, he's talking to. If you continue in my word, everybody say, if you continue in my word. He didn't say, if you continue in somebody else's word. He said, if you continue in my word. Now, it can come from somebody else. I'm ministering to you this morning. But he's saying, he's talking about the word of God. All right, now look. If you continue in my word, then there's something that's going to happen. Then you are my disciples. It didn't say sons and daughters. You, you can't get out of being his son and daughter once you receive him into your heart. You're his son, you're his daughter forever. But it doesn't mean you're his disciple. Come on, stay with me. All right? If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples. And I want you to really look at the next word. Indeed. Another word for indeed is in your actions. So that means if I continue in his word, my actions will be different than what I used to be or what I used to do. Now, you're all believers, and I know what Calvin, Pastor Calvin preaches, so you've already had faith. But we go in a lot of places where they've had no faith at all, no word at all. Amen? So we might be preaching to them the Word of God for the first time. But how you become a disciple is continue in what you learned. So I'll just go this way, all right? Now listen, let's read a couple more, couple more uh, verses. And you shall know the truth, verse 32, and the truth shall set you free. Free means you'll be delivered from any kind of bondage. If it's bondage, the Word of God will deliver you from that. Amen? In other words, the devil had 
on his mind the death of Joseph McCroskey through COVID-19. God had on his mind, Joe will live and it'll be a testimony. Amen? And he'll lay hands on many people that are sick and they will be healed because we've done it for 40 years. Not going to quit now. So if we continue to believe God's Word, we'll continue to see what God sees and what He wants us to see. Amen? So the first thing I'll say is, you've got to continue renewing your mind. You didn't learn everything in a one-year course. You've got to continue renewing your mind, maybe every day. Now, I'm in Africa. I'm going to take you back to a lot of countries at different times in years, okay? And I'm in Africa, and we've started our school there, first graduating class. And you know what? I love seeing these colors. It's the same colors I've seen in that class years and years ago. Same smiles on faces. Same thing that you passed and they passed. See, you're in a lit group that's all over the world. And so I'm looking out on these students, you know, and I'm talking, and we're having the graduation. After the graduation, one of the pastors, he said, uh, Brother Joe, would you come to my church? I said, I will. Would you preach in my church? I said, I will. He said, no, I don't have very many people. Well, I didn't ask him that question. That's the thing I love about Brother Jerry. Brother Jerry will go to a church that has 10, a church that has 10,000. And he does the same thing in the church with 10. He does at 10,000. Amen? Why? He's called to go try to make winners out of anybody that will listen. Now, you did hear me say listen. You have to listen. You have to take it. So, this pastor, I get to his building, you know, and sure enough, he's, I think he maybe had 50 people. Little thatch, thatch-roofed. Uh, in Oklahoma, in a lot of the Indian churches, they were thatch-roofed and just post, thatch roof on top, really just kept a little bit of the sun and rain off of you, but that was pretty well all of it. Sun could come right in, it was hot. You know, it didn't keep you from warm or cold, either one. And so it was quite like that. So I, I, I started ministering. He said, you have to use my mic. Now, I'm, you know, we got 50 people in this little building. I could scream loud enough, didn't have to have really any mic. And he brings his mic up to me, and it's made out of wood. It's a wood, wood mic. It looked just like one of the mics right up there, except it was made out of wood. He colored the, he colored the top uh, kind of like kind of the silver color. The mic was black. He made a little button on the bottom, and he had a cord coming out of it, and all it was was a, a thicker string, and it went to a wood box. No, I take it back. It first went to the soundboard. Then from the soundboard, it went to the wood box. Okay. It wasn't real. <laughs> but faith without works is dead. So he's putting his works to it. And so I grabbed that mic and I preached on that mic just like I would this mic or one of these. Okay? And so I, I thought, Lord, I don't even see this in America a whole lot. You know, I said, you know, I, I'm moved by this. Now, he was just a student like you are. Just come out. And he, he had took the course on faith. And so he just had to do something. So he built that. Okay? So I didn't see him for maybe a year, maybe two years, I guess it was. And so I came back and he said, Brother Joe, 
you've got to come to my church again. And I had such a good time with his people and him on that because I seen faith. You know where God said where they let the man down? He said, oh, that's some faith. Man, that wasn't even faith for them. That's faith for their, the person they're letting down through that roof. And so uh, I went back. He's not at the same church. He has a church building now. 150, 200 people in the church. And he said, would you use my sound system? And I thought, yeah, I'll use that wood sound. No, this is a real sound system. This sound system's real now. And so I said, okay, you know, I know, I know why you got it, faith, but I don't know how did it come to be. And so I said, can you tell me? And he said, well, every time I pick that mic up, I'd say, thank you, Lord, for my new system. Amen. My new system that I can carry anywhere I want to go and preach the gospel. So he was making his confession right along with it. And you know, it didn't really matter how long it took. And he said he was in church one morning using that wood mic. And he said the door opened and a lady come in. He could hear the car. Now, they don't have a lot of cars where we were in Africa when we first went. There were very few cars, bicycles, motorcycles, or anything. They walked. And he said he heard the car pull up. And he pulled up and they parked. And he heard the door close. He said they came in. The lady came right up the front and said, God told me you're believing for a sound system. And I want to buy you one. And she gave him 10,000 Tanzania shillings. Amen. Enough to buy him not only one sound system, but he could buy the one that went in the church and one that he went out to the pastures or the fields to preach and anything. And he did not know this woman. Wasn't a part of his congregation. As far as he knew, wasn't a part of any of the congregations around that area. But see, God worked. You can't tell him he can't get things by faith. Come on. Now, this has been a few years back, okay? So I seen him at the last minister's conference we did, and it was a graduation, but he was there as just one of the ministers, and he was there as one of the alumni, one of the graduates. And so he come up and he said, Brother Joe, I now want you to come to my church again. I said, can't this time. I don't have time. Tell me about it. He said, I don't only have one. I have five now. Okay? He didn't leave it in his village. Come on. These, they're coming out of me now. Come on. He didn't leave it in his village. He wanted what he had in his village for the one in the next village. Amen. 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 Come on. Listen to what I'm saying. You have the heart of God in this church. There's no doubt about it. And it doesn't matter how big or how small churches, because that doesn't matter. It's the heart behind the vision. And that vision will just keep growing. And I, this is prophetic. This will just grow and grow and grow. Kelvin, you haven't seen anything yet. But it has to have, it has to have faith. There's no other way to do it. The faith and the vision. He says, I now have five churches. They're in different locations. And I said, okay, then how many people are you ministering to now? And he said, well, the one church I'm ministering to, there's 5,000 in that congregation. And I said, yeah, and are they mostly Muslims? He said, they were. They were. One student, listen, one student in his area chose to take that vision farther than he knew he could take it, but he knew it. God could take it there. And God would use anybody. Amen. And why I'm wanting to tell you these illustrations is the same thing he did there, he'll do here. It might not be exactly the same thing. It doesn't have to be. It's not always giant things. You know, everybody thinks... Oh, the church of 5,000. No, no. His little church of 50. 
just as important. It was his vision that got other people coming in and joining up until he finally, in that whole region, all right? Now, he's known as a bishop now. <clears throat> you know, a lot of people in the United States use the term bishop, <clears throat> not the way really they use the term. If you're a bishop over there, it means you've done something. And we have plenty of bishops in the United States that might not be known as that, amen? But uh, that was just one student. And then I remember another man. He was in the Kenyan church, and we had taught. He didn't go through the class, but his daughter or son went through the class, so he was hearing all about the class. How many know you get excited when you learn something, and you want to share it with somebody? Well, the old man, he was a farmer, and he took care of people all in his village. He had probably some of the most acreage in that, and they don't have a lot of acreage. If they have a half acre, they grow enough for almost their full village. And it won't be, it won't be quite stuff maybe like, uh, it'd be mostly the staples that they grow. And so uh, he was out and he was, he was uh, tending to his garden. He was down messing around in the soil with his, his panga. You know, panga means machete. And so he was, he was messing with the machete, trying to get the weeds out of his garden. I mean, you know, got to keep the weeds out of your garden. You just got planted. You know, the word, okay, you got to keep the weeds out. Amen. So he's down there doing that. And he hears something, he looks up, and here comes a full-grown leopard. The leopard only has one thing on his mind. That 78-year-old man is his dinner. Okay, that is it, nothing else. But the old man's got something on his mind, too. I got a garden that's going to feed all my people that's in my village. And this leopard's not going to stop it. So I, I'm thinking about, now, you know, I'm hearing this secondhand, and I'm hearing it, and I'm thinking, okay, what would I have done? You know, if I'm out in my pasture, I've always got a gun on. You know, I, I, I carry a gun all the time out in the pasture or in the bush or whatever. He didn't have a gun, but he had a panga. And I thought, okay, yeah, he, he, could, he could use that thing, you know. And so when I got the full story, he threw down the panga. And I thought, well, that wasn't, that wasn't God. Come on. <laughs> Come on, listen. See, now, we're trying to reason now what God was telling him. Well, that couldn't have been God. Why would you throw down your weapon? He threw down the weapon. And so the leopard comes up. Leopard opens his mouth. The old man shoves his hand as far down his mouth he can and grabs hold of his tongue. The leopard choked to death. This is a true story. And now he chewed all his arm. He chewed up his arm, but he never let go. He held on. So they came out. You know, news, news heard about this. and Newspaper came out and they said, tell us about this. This must have been a very weak leopard. This leopard must have been almost dead already. You know, come on. The, the news won't make up. It can't be God. I mean, no, it can't be God. It's got to be something else. And he said, no, no. He said, I just heard God. God told me, he said, when the leopard opens his mouth, grabs your arm, choke, just grab hold his tongue, do not let go, but put your fist far down as you can in his mouth. So when they checked the leopard, he was in his prime. He wasn't about to die. He was in his prime. The story went all over the village, and all the people still had all their vegetables and everything he grew, because his time wasn't up, and he knew his covenant with God. So it can be life, 
Okay? It can, be, it, can, it can actually be life and death. It could be prosperity as maybe not we maybe know. You know, prosperity in America, and of course, Pastor Calvin going to all the countries he goes to, he already knows that. What they believe prosperity is over there at first is not what we see over here. Amen? I mean, we are so blessed. Uh, Brother Jerry told me one time, he said, Brother Joe, when you go with me, when we get off the plane in America, you'll kiss the ground. That was true. I mean, you know, I never realized I'd never been out of the United States for the first trip that I went on. You know, now this is some of the things I'm telling you about is some of the things that actually happened that I experienced it. What it did was just make my faith and know I have to continue in his word. I had to get up this morning and I had to look at the word and just say, Lord, if it's just one thing you want me to hear, I want to hear it today. Amen. And then he speaks it. But then when you're in atmosphere that's created for that, I'm going to tell you what, my hospital stay become about a five day of schooling for the Lord just talking to me one-on-one -on -one and me getting full of the word again. Amen. You can build that atmosphere. We're building it in here right now. Tonight will be a Holy Ghost night. And tonight will be healings and everything else. I'll guarantee you. Amen. So what I'm saying is, students and congregation, you've got to continue in the Word to be His disciples in your actions. People will see it. There's going to be people that will see it that want nothing to do with you except something they see in you. You know, I've always said, joyful people, you, you're just drawn to them. You know, and I mean, and then, of course, some sad people, you're kind of drawn the other way. But really, God will lead you to the sad ones to become to get them full of joy. Amen. We, uh, Brother Jerry was in Canada and we were ministering up there and we'd went up for two nights and during that year we, we ended up stay, going back and staying 71 nights. That was probably the longest group of meetings we had ever done in another country and that was in Canada. Another, none of the nights were the same. I mean, it was just such different meetings but it wasn't anything different about preaching the word and people receiving the word and taking it and run with it. And now, all the works we do up there, that was years and years ago, almost all the covenant relations that we're working with the people now came out of those meetings. God had that meeting set up to put a, a group of people together. Just like we, we've known Calvin for a long time, a long time, but we never had done a lot of work with you. But boy, the trip to Cuba, that was, that was one of our highlights. Amen? Why? You're getting to spread the word everywhere and you're going into a, a country that, you know, we know what they believe and not the people, but we know what happens there. And, uh, but now we want to do more and more. I told him we want to do some stuff in the Ukraine. You know, why? Because we're seed planters and we know the word will just keep giving us more and more and more of what our vision is. Brother Jerry's vision for the school was always make winners out of everyone. Okay, fill them full of the uncorruptible word. Okay, the word of faith that can, you can take anywhere you go. You know, um, we went into the first year in a school in Kenya, and that was a live class. So I had to fly over there to do the live class on that one. And uh, I would usually stay so many weeks, and we'd preach a live class. It was year one and two on that school. And I remember when uh, we got through with that school, we didn't stay in the capital city. We always went to the, really the remote, poor areas uh, where we knew that the word was needed. 
And so we went to a little town. The town was called Cuckamega. There was no really hotel there when we first went. And, and I'd never been in circumstances like that. You know, I mean, even camping out, you know, even sleeping in our tents and maybe no tent and might, maybe just on a cot out in the open looking at the stars. It was worse than that, you know. And so uh, first, first time over there, I said, uh, Brother Jerry, this is pretty rough. And he said, yeah, but the rewards are great. Okay, it's pretty rough, but the rewards are great. And so we, we started teaching, and they just pulled it out of you. And so uh, we decide, okay, we're going to build a church. And so we come back home, and God gave us the, the plan to build some churches over there. And so what we did is we ran around to different churches, and we said, you know, if you don't have a mission program, we'd like to be your missionary. And there, these were little churches, big churches, but a lot of them didn't have mission programs. You know, I, I've been very surprised at going to all the churches around the world, and I'll say, what kind of an outreach do you have? And they'll say, well, we, we don't do any outreaches from outside the church. You know, and I said, so just everything's in the church. Yeah, we don't do any outreaches. No, we don't feed people. We don't go out and witness. And, and I've always said, I don't know how something can grow, you know, if you're not tending to it, you know. And uh, training people to go out in the highways and the byways. And so uh, we trained all of the people, you know, that go out, tell somebody about. When we first went over to Kenya, I knew it, you know, I'd studied a little bit about Kenya. And I knew it, it, they had, the missionaries had been in there a long time. And so I was very surprised at a lot of the religion I seen in there. And so when I'd go in there. Like, they didn't know they could share the Lord with another village just across the road. They didn't know that. And, and I don't know what they had been taught from the religion at all, but we went and we thought you can share Jesus anywhere you go. Just let it be out of you, you know, share a scripture. So we're, I, I had four pastors with me, and we're going to a little outreach church. You had to take a cab. <laughs> well, they called it a cab, okay, uh, it, it was nothing like a cab I'd ever seen, but it was okay. It, it did roll, okay? It rolled, and it did have a motor. And uh, so we got in it, and so the, the driver up front, you know, I'm sitting up there by him, and, and, I, and I looked over, and I said, well, do you know Jesus? He said, no, I don't know Jesus. And I said, would you like to? You know, and so I led him to the Lord. And, uh, and so all these pastors are watching me, you know, and they're, Oh, it's like I, I did an impartable sin, you know, God. And so we got out. And so I said, uh, what happened back there? They said, oh, we don't know. We didn't know you could do that. And I said, well, yeah, he was unsaved. He don't know what we know. Well, half of them didn't know what we know. Okay, so that's why we got the Bible school there at that place. And so we're teaching them faith. And so then next time we get in the cab, you know, it was actually, it was called a uh, dollar dollar. Now, dollar dollar here in the States would be known as a 15-passenger band that they put 40 people in, okay? I don't know if they have them in Cuba at all, but boy, you know, when you, you got to hang on. I'm talking hang on. You don't have no seat to sit down. You're just hanging on. So we got in there. So the guy takes the money. The pastor is with me. He leads him to the Lord. Now we got a whole group that's so excited about we can go tell people about Jesus. Now listen, in America, that's some of the first things we're taught. In most of the churches you're in, you are taught about how to get saved. 
Okay? So anyway, we're teaching this. We start teaching prosperity. Oh, that we hit the religious cow for all the denominations. All the ones that were there said, you can't preach that here. He said, well, why? Brother Jerry, I love to hear him. You know, I want to see what the prophet says about this, you know. He said, you can't preach this here. And he says, well, why? Well, it won't work here. Brother Jerry said, well, if it won't work here, it won't work anywhere. And you need it more than other places need it. So we started teaching prosperity. No cars, no bicycles, no motorcycles. But they got a brand new church, seat about 250, okay? You could build them over there for not, not too much, not anything like this church is. But it was a church, okay? And uh, next year we come back, the guy got out there, He's continuing in the Word. What's he doing? He's got faith. What's he got faith for? Something to ride. So now, you know this chalk they put on the football fields? Anybody ever seen how they chalk a football field? Or a, okay, he's out in this dirt, and he's making parking spots. He's got six parking spots out there. Ain't no cars. He didn't have to re-chalk it much. You know, nothing rolled over it yet. You know? <laughs> Again, I said, Lord, I haven't seen such great faith. I mean, here you are, no cars anywhere around. The people all walking. But he's out there with that chalk deal making parking places. And then right at the end, Pastor Kevin, he had us a motorcycle parking place. He's ready for chariots of light. Or tribe of Judah. And so... He's got some little ones, you know. And then over here, he's got some for bicycles. And I said, Lord, he's going to have all of them. I don't know how long it'll take. That's the part you don't worry about. That's God's problem. part there is it's his part. Next year we go back, there's some bicycles parked over in those little bicycle spots. There's one motorcycle. Well, we wouldn't call it a motorcycle. They called it a motorcycle. Parked in one. Next year we go back, there's some cars parked in there. Now he don't have the little parking lot. He, his faith has grown. He went, cleared this part out. Now he's got parking places over there. So what happened? The prosperity message can work there just like it can here. All has to be acted by the faith. But you've got to continue in the Word. Amen? Now those, I'm telling you some stories from way back, okay? But the stories we hear, even up front now, especially when we send it to places that have been almost quenched from the word of faith. You know, uh, we're, we're so blessed we can turn the TV on and we can, we can get a faith ministry or hear the word mixed with faith. We can hear illustrations. We're so blessed. But we go into some countries where the, there's nothing on the TV station and, and the churches are not allowed uh, we had, uh, I went to teach in Indonesia. I didn't know anything about Indonesia. I've never been there at all. I had been to uh, Malaysia, and I'd been to some of those locations, Singapore and places like that, but I'd never been to Indonesia. So when we got to Indonesia, we were in the capital, and they had churches. And so, uh, you know, I went to a, an Assembly of God church. I preached the Word of Faith. They received it. We had lots of healings. It was just a really good meeting. They said, now, Brother Jerry, we want to take you to one of our churches outside of town and 
you won't be able to go into a church and speak. And they said, and we don't want you wearing a suit or anything like that. They said, just dress more as a, as a visitor, you know, or a, a, we called it a tourist. And so I did. I just put my tourist clothes on, you know, got in the car. We drove about 80 miles from the capital. Now, we're only 80 miles outside where they had a nice church, okay? But 80 miles out, they had burned all the churches, okay? It was, it was very much... Um, Militant Muslim, militant, okay, totally different. And they had burned all the churches. So, so I said, so where are we going? They said, well, you won't know till you get there. I've never experienced anything like that. You know, I've never been in a communist country totally where you had to believe, where everybody had to believe where the church meeting was going to be. We, I never had to experience that, you know. So we took and went out to this location. They said, now you're going to go in this little building here. It was a big building. And you're going to go to the counter, and you're going to tell them you want your ticket. And I said, like an airline ticket? Yeah. So I went in. I said, I'm Joe McCroskey. I, I want my ticket. They said, you got to go to the fourth floor to get your ticket. And so I said, okay. So the elevator's right over here, you know, fourth floor. And uh, so I go to the fourth floor. The doors open up. There's over 2,500 people in there waiting to hear the word. I never had a service like that. That I mean, the atmosphere was so strong because they're so depressed that they can't have the freedom of God we have. Amen? And I thought, man, we got to get some Bible schools in here. Why? Because when you see a hunger like that, it doesn't matter if it's 10 in the class or 1,000 in the class. You've got to get, it. You've got to get that seed in there. Amen? So when I got through doing that meeting, I'm, I mean, it ministered to me probably as much as it did to the people. But I'd never seen one. So I said, so you don't know where you're going to have your meeting the next time? He said, no, no, we don't. And, and they wouldn't even hardly do word of mouth. You just had to show up. And then certain people that knew you were okay, you know, I guess it's like the first time I went to uh, Albania, they, the older lady told me, said, the, the, the walls taught, talk. The walls listen and they talk, so be careful what you say. That's what she'd come out of. And I said, don't have to worry about it now. I said, you're in the presence of God now. You know, you're okay. You know, this is the kind of stuff that we experience all over the world. Your class was the same thing they take over there. The word you were taught, same thing. It's what are you going to do with it? Amen. Now, and that's for the congregation too. What are you doing with the word you're taught in this class, this this, this church right here, I know what you're taught here. You've got to take it out in the highways and the byway. You've got to use it in your own life. It might, you might think, does it really work? Can it really work? It will work. There's no place we've went that we haven't continued in the Word. Now, what we do now is we'll send all those places what we is extended education. It's just maybe a course Brother Jerry goes and we know that, that it, would, it would help the class we'll send it out to all the students, you know. Or we'll send it to the pastor of the church and he can give it to every one of the uh, congregation if he wants to. It's very important that you continue in the Word. It's not just, I know now you've got a little bit of freedom because the school part's over, okay? But you've got to still continue in the Word. You've got to continue seeking Him and saying, Lord, what's my part? What was it out of this? I'm going to tell you, we have not put the school in anywhere that I didn't have the pastor call me and say, my people that took the school come up a notch and I can use them in an area 
maybe I couldn't use them before. Not because they weren't studious or wanting to do it, is they're more qualified now. And that's all the Word does for any of us. As we study the Word and continue the Word, it makes us know more about anything. Uh, there's times that something, we'll get ready to do something, Brother Jerry, you come in and he'll say, Joe, uh, God was speaking to me about this certain part of the vision. Never heard of what to do in that vision. You know, don't know really, not my expertise or whatever, but all we got to do is go with the Word, pray. Now, the one thing, when I get down to some of them, and I'm going to get more into my message actually tonight about continuing, the part about what, what do you continue in? Like I could ask a question right now. How many of you are filled with the Holy Spirit? Pray in the Holy Spirit. How many of you do it? Now, I asked, I asked two questions, very important. How many is filled with the Holy Spirit? Okay. How many pray in the Holy Spirit? And then I could say, okay, how about you pray daily in the Holy Spirit? Okay. Because you don't discontinue some of God's things anytime. You just actually... You, you continue it, and it gets better and better and better. So I know automatically, if I don't know how to do something, or I'm being attacked, the number one thing I'll do is pray in the Spirit because I want an answer from God about whatever it is, whether it has to do with your family, finances. You know, I mean, right now, we're in some unsettled times in America right now. There's no doubt about it. So we need guidance in what to do in some things maybe we don't know what to do. But how many know God knows everything? You know, uh, uh, one of the classes that I taught live, I taught on how to be led by the Holy Spirit, but I'd say, you've got to know what God's part is and what your part is. Once you know what God's part is, and then you know what your part is, that's all you're responsible for. Now, in a vision, it'll continue to grow. I mean, like what you see, what you start off with in Cuba, Pastor, it's growing, you know, you know, and it will continue to grow because God will add to that vision. But on some of the things I'm talking about is, let's say there's things happening in America right now and we don't know really what to do about it other than pray. I mean, know we pray. That's one thing you don't want to discontinue at all. You can't, be, you can't his, be his disciples in your action without praying. That's all there is to it and without hearing God. Amen. You know, I wrote down one illustration. I didn't know why I wrote it down. Because uh, when, I, uh, when, when I wrote it down, it didn't really make sense to what I was talking about because it didn't pertain to a class. It didn't pertain to, but it pertained to the Word of God. And I remember that when uh, I rededicated my life to the Lord and me and Joyce stopped running and got in the church, it was a Word of Faith church all the way. Uh, in fact, my pastor was Bob Yandian's teacher. And uh, I wanted to do anything that I could for the church. But I was vice president in the bank. And they'd already told me, don't go across the tracks. And that's where that church was at. Anybody know what that means, don't go across the tracks? Okay, in other words, don't go over in that area. But that's where the Word of Faith Church was. And a good one. And so I went. Okay? And, uh, and boy, I started, I started getting the Word just real quick. I started growing the Word. I wanted to help the pastor any way I could. Tell me what to do, Pastor. Well, you know, I don't know a whole lot of the Word because I'm just coming back into following God. I'm listening to the pastor every time. I'm there every time the doors open. Prayer meeting on Tuesday nights, I'm there. He's teaching us how to pray in the Spirit, listen to God, hear God. And man, I want to know all that. So, 
So he come up and he said, uh, Joe, I need somebody to clean the toilets. I'm vice president in the bank. I don't have to clean toilets at the bank, okay? A long time ago, not vice president at the bank anymore, okay? long time ago. And, but the Lord said, so how bad do you want to help him? I said, I'll do it, Pastor. So I went in there. How many know you can get revelations in a bathroom? <laughs> you know? Jesse Duplantis said he got saved in them. I don't know. Okay? But uh, I'm in there, and I'm cleaning them. And the Lord said, uh, you're doing good, Joe. I said, thank you, Lord. I said, Lord, I want these toilets so anointed that anybody that sits on one's going to have an action. <laughs> See, I got a sure thing. No doubt. I mean, if they go in the bathroom, I got a sure thing. All right? <laughs> but I, when I'd pray over the bathroom, I'd go against the walls and say, the peace of God is all in here. No matter what climate they're coming out, I'm building an atmosphere in a toilet. I said, I hope they get filled full of the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't care what it is. And because uh, I'm so hungry, you know. And then, well, he's seen I do that. And he's seen I did it with excellence. I didn't gripe about it. I couldn't wait to get there, you know. I didn't find the excuse not to go do it. And so the next thing he said, I want you to take our youth and teach them. Well, I'd been learning a lot on the Word. And, and I'm ready to... You know, I've been sharing with people at the bank and wherever I'm at, police work, I'm sharing with people. And so I'm ready to teach a class. Well, I thought the youth would be 12 to 18, maybe, something like that, 17. It's four years old to 18. It was a nursery. I had more four-year-olds than I had 17s. And so, and I have, you know, I have children. But my children now are up a little older. I'm thinking, how in the what do I do, Lord? And you know, I learned all you got to do, pray. All you got to do is seek Him. He'll tell you. And then He started telling me, He said, "You're going to make it kind of a game, but it's how you're going to teach them the Word." And I do it, and it work. And I'll never forget this little four-year-old girl. We, if somebody first time when they come in, we didn't we didn't candy coat it. We'd say, if you don't feel good, come up. We'll all lay hands on you. And I'd bring all the kids up. We'd lay hands on them and pray healing into their bodies. This little four-year-old girl, I don't know if she ever came up other than to lay hands on some of them. But her mom come in one day and she said, Brother Joe, I've got to tell you a testimony. And I said, okay. And uh, she said, uh, Sissy went home and her daddy was off work because he couldn't walk. And I, he had a big growth on his foot. And I said, okay. And said, Sissy went over and looked up at him and said, Daddy, Jesus will heal you. He's not a believer. Don't want to be a believer. Okay, yeah, Sissy, go on, go on. You know, you know kids, you can't push them away. They're going to do what they want to do, okay? <laughs> no, Daddy, really, really, in church, we lay hands on them and they, they recover. You know, I'm talking four years old. So don't ever think what you're teaching, they're not comprehending because they are. It might not be the way you think it ought to be. And so she goes over. Finally, Daddy says, okay, sissy, yeah, go ahead, just to get rid of her. So she lays hands on his foot, or up on his leg, 
the growth falls off in his boot. Totally healed. Falls off in his boot. He comes to church that night and gets saved. Four-year-old kid. And I thought, Lord, this is what it's all about. All we got to do is what's your part and what's our part. Plant that seed. Then you'll take care of it. And it might never look like, I mean, this guy was rough. He was an alcoholic. Probably one of the worst people in our city. He didn't stay that way. All because of a little four-year-old girl that heard the word and continued and wasn't going to take note of her daddy because she loved her daddy and wanted to see him set free. And that's what we all have in any place of the world. We want to see people have what we have. We want to see them have food like we have or have whatever. Most of us got to drive here today. But you know what? Whether we had to walk or drive, you still need to get here and get the word. So what I'm saying to the class, and then we're going to go into the graduation, is you've got to continue in his word. I'm going to give you a couple of things, and you just write them down. I'm not going to give you scripture for them. I might preach on some of them. Continue renewing your mind. And be not conformed to this world. The only way you'll not be conformed to this world is by renewing your mind to the word of God. Not what the five o'clock news says, but the word of God. So you continue renewing your mind. You continue being a hearer, but not a hearing, but a hearer and a doer. Because if you do that, you're building your house on a solid foundation that when the storms hit, it will not come down. But you have to continue hearing the word and doing the word. And it's just that simple. It doesn't mean it has to be something really, really big. It can be something so little. Um, to continue in His Word is to hear the Word and then do it. had a 70-year-old lady that was in one of my services down in Broken Bow, Oklahoma. She had been a diabetic all her life. And uh, she had to take medicines and everything for it. And so uh, she's hearing the sermons and everything, you know, and we're preaching the Word of God. And, and uh, come time for healing, she came up, laid her hands on her, and you could feel the anointing. You know, you can feel it, and sometimes you don't. It doesn't really matter, because if they receive it, it's he they're healed. And the Word says they are. But she felt this. And I felt it too. I could feel it going into her body. And uh, she said, uh, I'm healed. And I said, yes, I believe you are, because I can feel it. I believe it, and the Word says it. And she said, so do I quit taking my medicine? I said, no, not till the doctor takes you off of it. Now, I didn't know why I said that part, amen, because normally I could have said, yeah, if you're healed, you're healed. But I don't know her, anything about her, and the Lord didn't tell me to say it. He said, no, your doctor will take you off your medicine. So she goes home that night. And, uh, oh, she's feeling something. She's never heard God a lot, you know. She's heard through the, the, through the ministers. And so uh, she's sitting there and she starts playing the music. I always tell people, if you want to get in the presence of God, put you some good music on. Start praying the Holy Spirit. And pretty soon, His presence is there. The atmosphere is there. You can hear God. She had never done that. But she did that that night. Put that music on, 70 years old put that music on, start praying the Spirit. And she heard the Lord say, take your neighbor a cup of sugar. And she thought, oh, that can't be God. <laughs> Why? Sounds too easy. See, back in those days, you didn't have sweet and low and all that. You had sugar. Okay? So everybody had sugar. 
So what he's telling her to do is not something she couldn't do. Amen? Take your neighbor a cup of sugar. And I talked about hearing and doing. So she looks out the window. The house is dark. There's, there's no, no lights on. And, and, you know, and, and I think during the message I'd probably say, you know, don't let the devil cheat you out of it. No matter what you hear in your head, do what he says. You know. So she went over there, rung the doorbell, and, and the lady of the house came, opened it up. She's in her gown and everything. And she said, here's your cup of sugar. And the lady looks at her real blank. Said, how did you know I needed a cup of sugar? Said, well, God told me you did. Said, I was in church today. And we heard something about hearing God. And I heard God. And he said, you need a cup of sugar. And, and then, now, you know, when you're first doing this, you don't know, does it even work? You know, you're actually thinking, wonder if this works. And so uh, she said, did you need a cup of sugar? She said, yes. I was making a cake for my husband, which will be off work in just a little bit, and I needed one cup of sugar I was lacking. And so the lady then says, uh, I'm, I'm kind of interested in, you said you heard God tell you that? So the lady comes in, sets down. She had never led anybody to the Lord, the 70-year-old. Never, not physically. Maybe by them watching her, I don't know. But physically. The lady sits down and says, tell me a little more about this here in God. Led her to the Lord. Got her baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, so she goes back over there. Now, this lady's on fire now. How many know when you do something and it works and you know it's God? Oh, it fires you up. You What's next? Amen? So she went over there. Okay? About halfway through the night, she has, she has a, uh, an attack from the devil because she took too much medicine. Calls her doctor when she went in. He said, oh, you're taking too much medicine. She said, well, that's what you put me on. He said, well, I'm going to lower it. What, what was the last thing she was told in the healing line? No, doctor will take you off your medicine. So he puts her on a lower dose. That made her sick. He brought her in. He said, I don't think you need any. Come on. Totally healed. But her doctor took her off. So now who's the witness to now? The doctor. Because, see, now she's not staying quiet now. She's already seen the cup of sugar deal. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. He said, she said, I can tell you why I'm off my medicine. God's healed me. What am I talking about? Everything we do, stay with me on this one. Everything we do when we continue in the Word is a witness to somebody that's watching or somebody that wants what we got. And all we got to do is just plant the seed. And then it's God's responsibility for it to grow up and take flourishment. Amen? Amen. So when she came back to tell us about that, she brought two new converts with her. Because when the husband came, he came into that room and he said, took him a bite of that. She gave, gave him a deal of milk, you know. He took a bite of that cake. He said, honey, I think it's the best cake you've ever made. She said, I bet it is. See, she knows the story. He don't. Okay, yeah, I, I, I bet it is. And he says, uh, she said, you know why? She said, it's made with different hands now. Amen. You know, hey, I mean, she ain't been a Christian for a few hours. And God's letting her know what she is. Amen. Amen. Now, what the, the other lady told her, I don't know what all she told her. But she tells him, she says, yeah, it's made with holy hands this time. 
we put it all together, she did it with holy hands. And she ended up leading him to the Lord and got him filled with the Spirit, and they came to church with the lady the next day. They're still in that pastor's church as elders in his church working with him and have been ever since then. Now, this part, I'm always real cautious because the 70-year-old calls me and she said, I heard God, Joe, Brother Joe. And, uh, and I said, so what did he say? She said, he told me to go to Africa and preach the gospel. And I thought, oh, no. You know, because here's what, now look, listen, not that we doubt, it's, she's 70 years old, you know. And so I said, so why would he tell you that? Well, I always had a vision of going on the mission field, but when I got married and had the children, I just figured that part was over. She said, but praying the other day, I turned that music on, same thing we said. I started praying in spirit, and I heard God say, go to Africa. Come on, listen. When she come home from Africa, she was 20 years older. She was 90 years old. She called me, called me on the phone, called me Sonny Boy. Sonny Boy, now, you know, because we know each other, okay? Sonny Boy, Reverend Sonny Boy, okay? She said, I'm going home now. And I said, I know you ain't talking about your physical home because Africa would have been your physical home for a lot of years. She said, oh, no, I'm going home. I'm going to lay down and go to sleep. And I'm checking out of here. And the next call I got, she laid down, went to sleep, and she checked out. Amen. Our stories from God are so beautiful. And because that's our covenant with God. Amen. But you do have to continue in the Word. I know some people sitting here say, but I don't have all that time. You know, when I first started out, I was a, I was a banker. I was a police officer at night, and I had a gun stop. That was, I had more businesses than I knew what to do with it. I did not come to God to make money or because I needed money. I come to God because I knew I was going to hell. Okay? That was a good reason. Amen? How many know there ain't no amount of money that's going to help you out of that other part? Okay? So, so when I rededicated my life, it's because I knew where I was going. And uh, anyway, so... You know, it just, from that point, I didn't have a lot of time, but my pastor told me, he said, Joe, just get one scripture and meditate on it every day. And so that's exactly what I did. I'd get one scripture, I'd type it out, I'd put it on a piece of paper, stick it in my pocket, because we didn't have none of this back then. Right. You know, I mean, hey, when I started out, you, you could put it up on something, but that's pretty well it. Do you get what I'm talking to you about? Continue in my word. Same thing to the students, but to the congregation. Find the scripture. It works. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Brother Jerry just got a miracle that he's been standing for for 20 years. Okay? So it doesn't mean everything happens overnight, but it will happen. Amen? Some things happen faster than others because that's all to do with God's will and His purpose. Amen? But I wanted to share that with the whole congregation about, and those scriptures are all you need to continue in my word, then you'll become my disciples. Disciples are used ones for his actions. And if you do that, they'll be put in front of you. The last thing I'm going to share with you, because you're going to have one as a gift to students. Um, if I go in any place, I'll witness. But I don't always preach. And I don't always use word. Sometimes I'll just let myself witness. Could be buy somebody groceries. That's witnessing. 
okay? And so I went into Little Walmart. We have Little Walmarts, and that's uh, their grocery stores. And that's, I go in one all the time. That's where I shop. So everybody in there knows me. So I come in, and the girl says, Joe, you don't have your mask on. I said, no, I, I don't have a mask. She said, well, I'll give you one. And I said, oh, no, I got a prayer cloth. You talking about my prayer cloth? I'll put my prayer cloth on. <laughs> now, Eric, what does my prayer cloth say? Still blessed and highly favored. Come on. <laughs> and she said, so then all I give her was the scripture on a prayer cloth. What it did, demonic forces, healing of all diseases. She said, I want a prayer cloth. Amen. So, all those masks that are over there, Brother Jerry prayed on them. I prayed on them. Eric prayed on them. Patty prayed on them. Ken prayed on them. They're prayer cloths. Amen. So any student, you got to go anywhere. I don't wear it for protection for COVID. I wear it, well, you could, you could use it for that because it's, it's a disease. But I use it to be a witness because if the restaurant wants to be put on, no problem, I'll put my prayer cloth on. I might be trying to get a sniffle or something, and I want it gone. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. Okay, I want everybody to repeat after me. I will not, I will not. stop continuing stop in, God's word. in God's Word. It will be first place, be first place in, my life, in my life and in my whole family's life. And we will have what it says we can have. And we can do what it will say we can do. And God will always be glorified. There's not a time that I don't, when I'm going into a restaurant or a store and I have to put that on, somebody will say, Amen. Well, all that meant was somebody knows what that means. And then somebody will say, What does that mean? And I said, During the bad times and the good times, I am blessed by God. Amen. That's all you have to do. Well, Pastor, are you ready to do the graduation? Yes, sir. All right. I just want to share a couple of things with you about the graduation from Brother Jerry. And the congratulations are from Brother Jerry and Miss Carolyn to the class, from Brother Joe and Joyce to the class, from uh, the, our dean of all the schools, which is Patty Gordon. She congratulates you. And then our whole staff, we congratulate you because you finished also. And we congratulate you because we know good things are ahead. We don't always know what they are, but we know we will. We will hear testimonies of things that happen. And Brother Jerry's been preaching a sermon called New Things. You know, there's new things happening. And... Uh, and so there's a lot of times there are going to be some new methods and things that happen. But the main reason Brother Jerry started the school, and let me get to my notes because I don't want to leave it out, and you're an elite group of this group, he started the school years ago to make winners out of people and to change their atmospheres no matter what countries they were in. And most of the schools, the first schools we started with at, at first, they were schools here in the United States. But then now, there's schools that are all over the world. And even places where we didn't really target them, uh, you know, there was some places like, uh, we didn't target Pakistan, but there's schools there now. 
We didn't, uh, we didn't target Afghanistan, but there's schools there now. So you never know where a student that's been through the school goes and they start something. And we're real quick to start a school somewhere if we know a student is there wanting a school. It could be a different method than what you went through, but it'll be the same teachings. And so I'll read right off my, uh, right off my, because you can't be any better than just what Brother Jerry said. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And that's the main thing we're talking about, the Word of God. And the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So he created the school because of faith and his teachings in faith, which came from oh, Brother Hagen, Brother Roberts, Brother Copeland, and all, all those men of God, Lester Summerall, all of them. So in 1973, we started doing meetings all around the world, and in the United States mostly. Then we started Overcoming Faith Church. That was one of the first churches we started. And in it, there was a Christian school, grades 1 through 12, and a two-year Bible school. Okay? And so that's where the actual Bible school, the first time it was created, was in that church, and it was a two-year course, and it was live teaching. And then what we did, we took and uh, we found out that we needed these schools. We went to Africa. We've seen the same people coming up in the healing lines and salvation lines over and over. So we needed, we needed discipleship training for them, which is what a Bible school does. And so then we put in our first Bible schools in Africa. That's some of the illustrations that you heard about that I was giving you was from that first couple of schools in Africa. And then they went to a school without walls. Uh, when the school without walls came, we knew we didn't have room and it was getting where people, when we first got into faith, we would leave our jobs and go to a place to go to school. But then it got to where a lot of people would not do that. They didn't know how to do that part by faith. And so a lot of them, there's a few schools, they still do that. But we seen that we couldn't get the numbers we wanted in the schools to train to go out, so we made it the school without walls. And you're a part of that school right there. That school can go anywhere. It can go into the bush, I'm talking the farthest bush you can think in Africa where there's no electric or anything else, this one-year school can go, okay? And it's on a pad, amen? So they can take the same thing you are, but it's just done a little different. We've even had to use solar panels to charge the pads. They didn't have electric, didn't have water. And that would be the places to where then we would get them through school, and if pastor, if someone felt to, they were called to pastors, then we equipped them to pastor. We'd give them the things they needed to pastor and teach them in pastoring. Then from there, we would go into what they had needs of, quite like what you'd see in Cuba or any place else. Okay? And so that's how the Bible school actually got started. That's how it came into your church. We knew the churches needed a school that their people could come to, Navajo Nation, Okay, uh, Indian reservations in Canada, churches, little churches and big churches all over. And we don't care about how big the schools are. As long as they have 10 students or more, we know if, it, if it's one that gets out of that school, they can go change a whole city. Amen. And that's how we look at it. So this is what Brother Jerry did. Amen. So as we go through the ceremony, you'll know that Brother Jerry's heartbeat has always been the discipleship training, helping people in any way we can. And we've always found out that if you can do an outreach, they'll listen to the Word. 
And this is because you're not, you're not only telling them you're loving them, you're showing you're loving them. We have a phrase we use in Africa called God's love in action. And so if you see us do a big project, you'll always see somebody will quote it. Now that's God's love in action right there. And that's what you do no matter where you go, no matter what you plant, and that's what you're the elite group of. You'll find out that it's, you're, you're through with your course, but you're... Your real walk with God, even deeper than what you've had before, will come as you continue in that word and you keep on track, okay? Don't get discouraged. We went to where we seen... Uh, my first uh, reservation, Indian reservation, I started 15 students. One graduated. All the rest of them quit. And so I went and I said, Lord, I don't understand this, you know. And, and I didn't know why. And so what I do is if, if something doesn't go right, I want to know was there something I can change to make it go better. Okay? So he showed me what to do. The next reservation, we had 14 start the class and 14 finish the class. You see, just making a minor adjustment. So you're in that part, okay? You're in a good church, man, with all the knowledge you've got from that one year and the discipline you had from that one year, because, you know, I, I had a lady call me. She said, I didn't know this was work. And I said, yes, ma'am, it's work. She still graduated. The oldest we've ever had graduated was 87. Do we have any, anybody older than that in here? The youngest was 16. Okay? So, you know, and... Uh, and you know what? The 87-year-old, I don't remember how old the one on the reservation was that didn't know how to read. Do you remember Pastor Kelvin? She couldn't read, and she was one of the oldest students. She couldn't read, and the pastor from that church, which is Elson, you know who he is, he said, the biggest, the biggest thing I've seen come out of this church, this lady couldn't read, but now she can read. And then the Val Victorian was one that said, I, I can't do this. I won't do good at all. She was a Val Victorian. Okay? They talked her in. All you got to do is just continue. You know, that word continue, if there's one thing you remember from me today, continue. Continue in what God's telling you to do. Continue in the word. Continue with your vision. You got lots of things to do in this church. And it's going to take all of you to get it done. Amen? Pastor, you want to come on up? Now, we can go by this format, but we don't really have to. So, okay. Uh, I want Pastor Calvin first to lead us in prayer for the graduation, okay? And then we'll follow this, but there's a few things we'll change up a little bit because I'm not going to do another message because I did it in the Sunday morning service. Let's go ahead and, and rise just for a moment. I'll, I'll let you all sit down just as honor and respect. Thank you, Brother Joe, for all your words, and wow, what a word, you know, and, you know, ministry, just real quick, you know, five cents, you know, just ministry is, it's very fulfilling, but it is challenging. Why? Because ministry is people, right? And I'm, I'm so proud, of course, of the class, you know, everyone stayed with it, got through it, and I know it's very meaningful, but I'm also excited because I think, some of the things that, that Brother Joe said, I think that God is also calling some of you, you might not even know that yet. That God's putting something, a desire in you to be significant. You know, as most of you know, the, the heart of Faithway, Faithway started in the mission field, so missions are a huge part. 
But you know what? Mission Field is right outside those doors. That's right. All you right don't have to go door. to Cuba to be on the mission. No, you, you don't. don't. have to go to Ukraine or Navajo Nation. No. This world and America desperately needs this. You yes. know, so I thank so much um, GSMI and, of course, the heart of Joe and, of course, what can I say about Brother Jerry and, and everything that he's, you know, we are here because of people like them. You know, we are here because, you know, when I first heard a word of faith, it was so out there. Let me just put it that, that, that way, that I was that guy because I came from very strong Baptist roots. So I was reading Kenneth Hagin and I go, now that can't be. And I go look it up. Well, it is, sure it was. Yeah. But, you know, that process of renewing your mind, that never stops. But I thank God for this because, you know, we have a foundation now. We have teams. Another thing is the rest of the congregation that you're here, you say, well, I want to do that. Well, we're not done. No. You know, if, if the interest continues, which you're I think it will school. be, we will do it all over. We'll have another class. I, you know, we want to be involved in this. Um, I want to talk to Brother Joe, but I want to say it here publicly. It's, it was brewing in my heart to consider Ukraine. Amen. 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 I know there's a lot of interest. Uh, we're really actually we're excited. Our, our Ukrainian family on their own. They did a, a YouTube channel based, you know, under our approval, under their approval. And right now on that YouTube channel, it's brand new, but it's all, right now all there is is Jerry Savelle's sermons translated into, into Russian. But you know what? That's also part of faith. So you went to yes, little town in Hebronville, but now you got a YouTube channel that's, that's preaching word of faith into the Russian, not, not only Ukraine, because that whole region speaks Russian. So, I mean, this is just so exciting, Brother Joe. You There's no brilliant. limit, no limit, no end. Yes, sir. Yes, no sir. limits. So let's pray, and, and then I'll turn it back to Joe. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the graduating class, first graduating class from Faithway. But I thank you so much, Father, that this is not even just about the class. This is about a foundation that my wife and I got a hold of way back in 1992 and totally has changed our life. And Father, that word to continue, Father, just stirred once up in me that we are here for the long run. We're not here just for a moment. I thank you for those that have stayed with the vision, stayed with the Faithway vision, that continue believing that they were called not to a, to a church, but called to a vision. And Father, the JSMI, what they brought is just to continue to grow. And I thank you, Father, that there's an anointing on this service and the callings and, and the gifts and callings are beginning to grow at a level that many, many had never even imagined could happen. So I bless this time together in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may amen. be seated. Go ahead, brother. You know, when Calvin was talking about you don't know where you're going or where you're starting. You know where to start, but you don't really know where it's going to end up. When uh, Brother Jerry called me one day and he said, Joe, I need you to come to work for me. I was banking and he needed somebody to do all the business. That's what he definitely needed. He didn't have anybody. And I was a police officer at night. Had already left that because I knew God was dealing with me to do that. Had sold the gun shop, did very well off it. But the only part was the banking, and I knew my banking was over with, but I didn't know what to do next step. But when Brother Jerry called me, I didn't even have to pray about any of it, okay? I knew I was supposed to go. But I only went as a business person. I went as, I mean, spiritually, yes, but I went to do the business, which I would do at the bank or wherever, my own businesses or whatever. Little did I know that over the 40 years, I could fulfill all of my callings in one place. I didn't have to look. I have to go places. And one thing I really want to encourage people, don't let people draw you out of your calling. If God draws you into your calling deeper somewhere else, but don't let people draw it. I had people these 40 years say, come take my church, come do this, come do that. Not a pastor. I'm called to do what I'm doing with Jerry Savelle. And I've fulfilled all my callings, but 
and God's not through yet because we've got more things and in one place most people think you've got to go out and start something you do not you've got to join Brother Jerry's thing is Joe go find somebody that's doing something and let's hook up with them if the wheel's rolling don't recreate the wheel okay but so many people think you've got to start something you do not amen amen you have started something okay all right I've already greeted you from everybody, from JSMI and all that. So uh, if you want to call up the Val Victorian and the, both of them, let them give their talk. So Joe and, and Susie, y'all can come up now. Let's and I'm going to take them. a seat while you are. Our valedictorian. Hello, good morning. One thing I figured out is that God is walking with him is all about now. Now it's my turn to speak. <laughs> That's right. So I want to thank the school. And uh, I want to thank uh, the Lord, of course. And I want to declare what he said in Psalm 2, that uh, he would give Jesus the heathen for his inheritance. And that's how my salvation started way back then, all of ours. And also I want to thank... The unsung heroes, the ones who read that ahead of us yes. and believed it, and by faith saw us as heathens and declared that upon us and knew that Jesus was inside them and they showed up so it could overflow out of them onto us. And that's how we're here. And in Romans it speaks about that we're grafted into it. And the only way we're grafted and stay grafted is by faith. It's the only thing that attaches us to it and makes us be part of Jesus and everyone that's uh, also attached by faith. And that is a very wonderful thing. And, you know, it makes me get emotional every time I think about it. You know, because there's so many people that prayed for us. Uh, a lot of them, we don't know their names. Some grandparents that saw that uh, their children were not making it and they needed prayer and they prayed, pleaded with God and it worked because faith works. Others that saw you walk down, walking down the street and discerned your mourning, your grief, whatever it was that they discerned, and they took the time to love you and pray for you yes. at that moment. Yes. It's always a God about now. He doesn't wait for later, right? And that's, that's right. what these unsung heroes have done for all of us. And I'll leave you with this. T.O. Osborne said, said it like this. He said, some people are born without arms, both of them, but they don't have to stay that way. But being born that way is a tragedy. But it's more of a tragedy to be born with both arms, good arms, and not use them to embrace others. That's right. I'll That's, good. That. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Good I wrote morning. my 
It's a privilege and an honor to have your presence here today, celebrating this joyous event with us. Preparing with this speech was harder than I expected. Glory to God, it's done. <laughs> Firstly, I'd like to thank God because with him by our side, all things are possible. Yes. Knowing God opens our lives to unlimited possibility and removes every barrier. God is love and we are to love one another as he loves us. We humbly welcome and thank our guest speakers, Eric Deaton and Joseph. For traveling to be here with us today on behalf of Jerry Savelle Ministries. You were blessed getting here and you will be blessed returning home. Congratulations to our Jerry Savelle Bible School Valedictorian, Tom Enriquez, myself, Salutatorian, and all our JSMI students. Amen. It was not easy as it took time and effort, but we successfully completed and accomplished our course. We started this Bible school that was offered to us through Faithway Church, which entailed a year commitment to provide a solid foundation in God's word, which would promote our personal faith and spiritual growth and relationship with the Lord to equip us with the uncompromising word of God, the truth to become effective ambassadors of the gospel. I was truly blessed when I was given the opportunity to attend this Bible school, not knowing how much time and effort we would have to put into it. I committed to it and prayed God would give me the knowledge, wisdom, and courage I needed to successfully complete this course. The beginning was great. I was getting to know and understand more and more about the Word of God that I was striving for more each day. As the lessons became more intense and harder, my faith continued to thrive for knowledge and God's Word. Reading the Bible every day with my lessons <coughs> to fully understand scriptures with my lessons. That was not enough for me, so I began to read other books. I watched the Victory Channel. I listened to the Copelands. Gary Savelle, <laughs> the Pearsons, Pastor Box, and many, many others. Glory to God. As I watched and listened to all these great people, my studies became easier as their message was always in line with what I was needing answers to understand my lessons. Praise God. I give him all the honor and glory for he has always been with me beside me, walking along with me on this fruitful journey. Yes, there was times of struggles, obstacles, and overwhelming situations, COVID, work, family, etc. We were being attacked by the enemy. He comes to kill, destroy, kill, steal, and destroy. Right. That didn't stop us. We prayed, we encouraged, and helped one another to stay focused because quitting was not an option for us. We're not going to let the enemy win. My faith was stronger and I believed in myself. With God by my side, I would not fail. 
Kathy and Laura, on the other hand, were a blessing to me and to all the other students. They always motivated us and had great inspirational words that kept us focused. As a student at the Jerry Savelle Bible School, I developed an increase in faith, knowledge, wisdom, love, courage, righteousness, patience, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness, and forgiveness. Influence. Sorry. Influence with the word of God like never before in my life. I learned and understood it more profoundly. Thanks to the great instructors we had. However, it doesn't stop here. We must continue in the word of God. For he is the go. truth, the life, the lamp to our feet, the source of all existence. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him, and he will make your paths straight and smooth, removing all obstacles that block your way. In closing, I would like to thank Gary Savelle Bible School, the instructors, Faithway Church, the anonymous sponsor for blessing us with this great opportunity that impacted my life to become a better person. I'm grateful and thankful to all those who supported me on this journey. Congratulations to the first 2020 Jerry Seville Bible School graduates of Faithway Church. That's right. May you endeavor and succeed in your future goals. Best wishes to everyone. A little something from Smith Wigglesworth. Great faith is a product of great fights. Great testimonies are the outcome of great tests. Great triumphs can only come out of great trials. And as Brother Jerry Savelle would say, if you don't understand it, read it again. Read it again. And again. And again. And again. Yes. Until you do. Thank you, and God bless everyone. <laughs> and the one thing he's known for is don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. You know, this brings up so many memories because you are the charter class. There'll be more classes. Kelvin wants another class. He can have it tomorrow. But you're the charter class. Amen. And that's an elite group, too, because you're the ones that broke the ground. You know, it's kind of like my grandfather used to plow the ground before he put the crop in. I could come plant the crop, but he had to plow the ground. Amen. Had to break. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to have to have somebody, Pastor, to call the names and stuff out because I know I won't be able to okay, do that I'll, part. I'm, I'm going to take care of it. Kathy was going to do it. Again, Kathy, if you're watching. Yes. This is, you know, for your honor and Laura. Thank you guys for doing all this. So. I have the privilege. So we'll go ahead and start with the, as I and call it. what we'll name. do, if we can move this out, Somebody just down. Thank you, Lee. And Eric, if you'll come up. And if you'll get the gifts, uh, I'll tell you what, they'll come by this way. So if you'll get the gifts and stuff, uh, try and see which way would be better. Yeah, yeah, they can come by here and I'll give them their 
on the thing combined. Okay. Let's go ahead and um, start. So first, um, we're going to buy alphabetical order. So I'm going to call up a wonderful lady from our church, been with us many, many years, Diana Acevedo. Would you come up here, please? God bless. Let's all give her a hand clap. Congratulations. Thanks, Andy, for the picture. Your picture. Yanis. Right? That is Let's turn around for Nursery the camera. director. It's awesome. It's all our leadership is here. Selma de Leon. God bless you. Usher and greeter director. It's awesome. All our leadership's here. Congratulations. And we'll turn to the camera. Um, Lisa. Dart. Pronounce the right name. Somebody wrote it in tongues. <laughs> Lisa Dar is that it? Garcia? No? Garcia. Oh, I'm like, like trying to figure out. Lisa Garcia. She's not here. Oh, I don't know you by Lisa. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm like, Iris? I didn't know you were Lisa. Let's look at the camera. In my church, I didn't know. Imagine that. Uh, Lali, I'm going to ask you to come up here to honor Lauro and Kathy. So, Lauro, of course, is with his wife, Kathy. So they'll be here. So, this is for Lauro Garcia. And, of course, Kathy's the mom-in-law. So. What more? There's <laughs> two. Right. And then, um, well, let me get, I'll get to Catherine. She's not up here yet, so. Well, this is for Kathy. This is for Kathy. So. Ms. Diana Garza. Congratulations. Been getting all these degrees this year. I heard there's a master's just happened, so congratulations. Let's look at the camera. Associate pastors. My right hand, left hand, right foot, left foot. <laughs> Dr. Garza. One more certificate to his collection. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Sir. God bless and keep it. Me, I don't know how this works, so Kelvin Bonds. Get one of me and Kelvin. Thank you, thank you. Congratulations, thank Kelvin. You, you. Katarina Garza. You did a great job. Katarina, we're so proud of you. Thank you, Kelvin. time. This was for you. <laughs> Congratulations, Lolly. <laughs> you were the mom. God bless you. Congratulations. Now you're going to take a picture of Kathy's face and put on yours, okay? <laughs> Photoshop them. <laughs> Photoshop it. Valedictorian. <laughs> Joe, come on up. Awesome. Congratulations, Joe. Congratulations, Joe. Miriam Perez, God bless you. She's been with us almost from the beginning of this. God bless you, Miriam. 
Araceli Quijano. Congratulations. Congratulations. I like this one. It's so long. Maria de Jesus, Susi Ramos. Wow, you got like long answers. <laughs> you almost ran out of space on that envelope. <laughs> Congratulations, Susie. Congratulations. Leandro Rodriguez Lee. Come on, my brother. God bless you, sir. Congratulations, Lee. On the other side. There you go. Congratulations. Lee's wife, Tressie Jones Rodriguez. Come on, Tressie. Congratulations. Congratulations. God bless. Of course, we saved the last, the best for last. So, Kathy, if you're watching, this one's yours. So, <laughs> Catherine Garcia, Lali, would you do the honors for Kathy? Come on, let's give her a big hand. I'm sure that you love her. And I know she's not here, but she wants to be here so bad. That's, that's for Kathy's. That's Kathy's, okay. <laughs> you know, after they get their certificates, they're done, but not done. Just started. But we lay hands on every one of them, so I want all of them to come up and line up, and we'll lay hands on you. And Brother Jerry's blessings will be pronounced upon them, that everywhere they go, no matter where, and Calvin, we'll have you come out too. Blessings, we bless you. We bless you from Jerry Savell Ministry, but mostly because you have done what God required of you. You know, it tells study to show yourself approved. And you know what? I'm so I'm so proud of you just by what just by looking at you. I almost want to cry. Might do it, okay? It's it's happened before. But the blessings of God are on Eric and myself traveling with brother jerry so it's just an extension from brother jerry but brother jerry's blessings he prays is an extension from god so as we lay our hands on each one of you amen you receive the blessings you receive the protection and really those masks are now prayer cloths they're not a mask so anytime you feel something attack you have the right to get out and lay it on you amen we had one young lady she's going through a pregnancy started having trouble she laid it right there took care of it it's for anything that's needed because it's only representing our covenant with God amen so we're going to start this in and go down might have a word might not doesn't matter just the touch of the hands because because Paul said lay hands on people and as you did that anointing went in the impartation amen thank you father thank you father thank you lord I thank you father I thank you, Father. I thank you. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I praise you and thank you, Lord. 
Dr. Sabell over each one of these and the congregation now. I call you blessed. I call you blessed going in and blessed going out. I call you blessed everywhere you go and everything you do. I call you blessed by God in all things that you will be a light to this world and people will see you and they will want to know what do you have that I don't have. I call blessings, 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 blessings. And all this is in the name of Jesus Christ. For your glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I want all you to say, I receive it. It's done. Kelvin? Thank you. I'm supposed to turn the move the tassels over. So graduates, you may go. And it's official. Give them one last hand clap, church. <laughs> you may be seated. God bless you. All right, so we're about to get out of here pretty quick. I just want to encourage everybody. You know, we, we we don't we haven't had Sunday morning, I mean Sunday night services in many long time. You know, we do we have youth group at night, but if you possibly make it back tonight, do it. If you know somebody who desperately needs a t- hand of God, you know, bring the lost. That's what the church is for. The church is not for the healthy. Thank God we're we're blessed, you know, and we have the word. But there's so many people that need this. And if you can remember what it did to you, because I, I haven't forgotten the very first time that I understood. And, you know, it was a little, back then it was, I think, 50 cent book by Brother Copeland called The Decision is Yours. Because somebody took the time to give me that book, Brother Joe. I'm here today. I would have been dead or in prison. That's, that's my testimony. There was really no other avenues of when I grabbed that book. There were just two roads left. I got, and I understood I got to make a decision, and I did. And here we are today, all these many years later, seeing God's wonderful grace. So there's those people out there in our communities that all it takes is for you not not just to invite them, bring them. We have a culture of bringing. It's okay to invite, but it's very different to say, I'm going to pick you up, be ready at 555 or 545 or whatever. You need to go because God's going to move. Amen. So I encourage you, you know, I know it's, you know, they're running all the way back to Laredo to get a little tiny bit of rest. We, You know, we run back to the ranch and come back, but... You know, we're all putting this together, so it's going to be a a phenomenal service tonight. It's going to be great. It's going to be power-packed. So please, you know, consider coming back tonight at 6 p.m. If you... Go ahead.